presence of your spirit and you'd help us to understand your word and we pray that this evening you speak through your word to every one of us so that we may work according to your word in Jesus name we pray amen as we know that we call ourselves christian the one who follow christ and since we are called by christ we are also called to serve his people we are also called to serve the church in romans chapter 15 paul talks about uh, serving or taking care of our dear brothers and sisters in christ those who are weak in faith he encourages the people saying that we must be taking care of those brothers and sisters those who are weak in faith and we do need to take care of our brothers and sisters as a church which was built by Christ himself and god himself is a great example for taking care of his people by sending his son jesus christ to die on the cross to look after us to take care of us but in this journey in this spiritual journey we do need uh, god's wisdom to take care of his people we need his wisdom to do the task that has been given to us we need wisdom god's wisdom and his strength to serve church to serve his people and so this evening let's see how solomon began his ruling when he entered in a situation where he had to look after god's people so first king chapter 3 recounts how solomon prayed for wisdom of god to take care of his people and god did bless him with his wisdom his prayer really challenges to think about how we ought to pray today as a church i don't know how often we pray to god uh, for wisdom most of the time we think about our needs and we pray to god for our needs now i don't mean to say that it is an inappropriate way of prayer but what i mean to say is we need to be wise to do things as a church and for that we need god's wisdom and this is what solomon recognized at the start of his kingship he was already anointed as king he had power passed on from his father david he needed nothing he had everything he wanted as a king but he remembered one thing and perhaps he might have holding his father's instruction which was given before he died in chapter 2 we see that Uh, David said to Solomon that he should observe what the Lord requires and he should walk in his ways. Now here is the question for us to ask think about if we were Solomon and we were given this opportunity from God what do we ask God for? Do we ask God for things that could satisfy our needs or do we ask for things that could bring glory to God? So the big idea of this passage tonight is seeking godly wisdom. We need to seek God's wisdom to serve his church. Without his wisdom, we can do nothing. We can't do anything with our own strength and with own ability. We need God's wisdom. And book of Hosea chapter 4:6 says, "My people are destroyed from the lack of knowledge. Where there is no wisdom, there is no discernment." 
and it is difficult to serve his church. We see how important it is to seek for the wisdom of God in our lives as a church. Solomon felt that necessary to seek God's wisdom to serve God's people in a corrupt world. So he chose a discerning heart to be a good governor of God's people. In verse 9 he said, Lord, give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people. Even though he is in power as king, he recognized a mighty God to whom his father worshipped all his time. He recognized that nothing is going to work without God's hand upon his life. As I read this passage, I wondered why Solomon made such a good and wise choice in response to God's questions. God says, ask for whatever you want me to give. And he said, I need a discerning heart to govern your people. Because of Solomon's wise decision to ask God for discernment, First King chapter 3 lays the foundation of impressive kingdom that has known throughout the history. Now, if I have to do the survey among the Christian and ask, what would be your response if God says, ask what you want? Most people might say that God's wisdom because that's what Solomon asked in the Bible. But to be honest, looking at the situation we are living in, the situation we are going through, from the inner part of our heart, will that be our response in the first thought? It is hard to say because we are in weak and sinful human nature. And it is hard. But how did Solomon respond with wise thinking and chose to ask for wisdom? I believe David's teaching was an important reason in Solomon's life for making such a good choice in response to God's questions. Not only he remembered his father's instruction, but he walked according to that. Though he did things which was not supposed to be done, but the important thing is he showed his love for the Lord. Which is why we know the Lord was pleased with him. That's the important bit. So let me draw your attention to three things this evening that we could learn from Solomon's life. The first thing, Solomon loved the Lord. Uh, From verse 1 to 3, there are some controversy going on about Solomon's marriage to Egyptian and worshipping at high place. Many scholars think uh, that this marriage was not pleasing the Lord because of intermarriage problem. And we read in Deuteronomy chapter 17 that the kings of Israel were, were not supposed to have many wives. But here Solomon breaks that law because he is already a husband of an Ammonite and had a son. And it is right to say that this marriage is a sign of downfall in his life. And another problem is worshipping at high place. Now, what is the problem with worshipping at high place? This high place, in Hebrew, if we see the meaning of this high place, it is not the one which we know about the Lord's dwelling place. Where, from where the Lord used to speak to his people in Numbers 24, we find this. But this is a different high place which is associated with idol worship. 
a pagan worship center with an uh, with an altar for presenting gifts and sacrifice to idols. A place for idol worship, a place of figured stones and metal images, images. Which is why halfway through in verse 3 it says, Solomon walked according to the status of his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high place. However, we see this as a downside of Solomon's act. Although he walked according to his father David's instruction, he also right at the beginning of his reign carried the seeds of his own destruction, which we can read later in his life from chapter 11 onwards. But having said that, let's not forget about the positive teaching of this chapter 3, that Solomon's loyalty to love the Lord. Here, this love of Solomon refers not primarily to an expression of emotion, but to covenant loyalty, which is why he finds favor in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord appeared to him and said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. We see it was Solomon's love for the Lord that his wrongdoings were not noted this time. It could be because God was giving him a chance to repent, But again, the text doesn't tell us anything about this. But it highlights one thing, and that is Solomon's love for the Lord was the best thing before the eyes of the Lord. So Lord appeared to him. Today we all are in Solomon's position because uh, of our fallen human nature. We do good as well as we've seen time after time. But we need to think, even though we are in this weak human nature, is our love for the Lord still the same as we had at the beginning? No matter how difficult our life would be, we should not stop loving our Lord. Because He created us. He is our Creator. And we can't run away from Him. And this is something that Solomon might have realized, which is why he continued to love the Lord, even though he is a sinner like us. Secondly, Solomon cared for God's people. In verse 5, the Lord said to Solomon, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Now, If this chance comes in our life, I think we might start ticking off our long list from Amazon or John Lewis. I want this, I want this, and I want that. Because we like to get those things first which are required for ourselves. And this is the reality of human being on earth. It is difficult to resist our selfish desire. But here Solomon's answer is very striking. He did not start taking off his whistles. Instead, he began to recount the blessing of God that he has seen upon his father's life. And this reveals Solomon's heart, what he is longing for. He recognized that God has been gracious to his father and to him. So he started praying to God in first place, recognizing how gracious you are, how great you are. 
He is building intimate connection with God. From verse 7 through 9, he said, Now, Lord my God, you have met your servant king in place of my father David. But I'm only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? This is how he responds to God. And this really challenges us today. Are we recognizing the greatness of God in our life? Are we looking back to what uh, back to the mighty work that God has done in our life and acknowledging how awesome He is, how great He is. In these verses, His statement indicates three important things. First, in verse 7, He recognized Himself as God's chosen servant. And in verse, He recognized Israelites as great people of God. And in verse 9, in all this process of redemption, he recognized that only God is in control of everything. He recognized the greatness of God and he looks to the God's great people and says, But, I'm, but here I am a little boy. But still he recognized himself as the chosen servant of God. He reveals his heart by saying, God, you are great and your people are great. But here I am a little boy. Then how can I take care of your great people without your wisdom in my life? I do not know how to carry out my duties. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people. This proves that he was an experienced leader, but he knew what God can do. Because of what he saw in his father's life. His statement reminds us the call of Moses in Exodus chapter 3. We see God's big concern for his people. Exodus 3 verse 10, 7 to 10. God said to Moses, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying. I'm concerned about their suffering. I've come down to rescue them, to bring them up out of Egypt. The cry has reached to me. Now go to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to the Lord, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh to bring out Israelite out of Egypt? As like Solomon, Moses is in experience. He was feared in front of Pharaoh. He was feared before the great people of God. He looked himself as a shepherd who tends the flock of his father-in-law and says, Who am I, Lord? If Israel had asked me, what is the name, the one who sent you, then what shall I tell them? Then the Lord tells to Moses, I am who I am. Tell them, I am has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. It is all about God and his people. And he is in control of everything because he cares for his people. 
It is not about who we are. It is about who He is. It is about Him who has called us to serve as a church. Here Solomon makes a request before God. Give your servant a listening heart to judge your people. To discern between good and evil. Verse 9 makes us clear that whatever we do to serve our Lord, it is all about God and His people. It's not about us. It's not about who we are. It is all about who He is, whom we are serving. Solomon's statement reminds us that we too need a listening heart to take care of God's people, to serve His people, because God is in control and He can make things happen. Because of who he is. But the question is. Are we concerned about God's people as a church? Are we ready to take care of them no matter what price we have to pay? Are we ready to lead his people in Christ? Finally, the Lord was pleased with Solomon. Because of Solomon, because Solomon remembered God's faithfulness to his father David, and he was concerned for God's people, so God was pleased with his request. He granted him with wise and discerning heart, which we see in his justice in the case of two prostitutes, and all Israel saw the wisdom of God was in Solomon. Solomon requests best thing from God, which is why the Lord was pleased with him. And God said to Solomon, since you have asked nothing for yourself, imagine if God asked us, what, what would you want? What would we ask God for? Do we give priority to our needs? Or do we give priority to serve God's people? So God says, since you have asked nothing for yourself, but for listening hard to take care of my people, I am very pleased with you. And in verse 12 he says, I will do what you have asked, I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Now as a result, if we read from verse 16 to 28, it was a tough decision to make, but because of God's grace and wisdom upon him, he was filled with God's wisdom and he made a good decision. In verse 28 it says, When all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. Solomon knew that it would be impossible to carry out his duties without God's wisdom. So he asked for ability to care for God's people. As a church, if we don't understand this, then it is difficult for us to serve God's people without his wisdom. So as a church, we need his wisdom to serve his people. And that is why... God was pleased with him and blessed him not only with wisdom but also with riches and honor. God gave him the best among all. Solomon needed God's wisdom to rule his kingdom. 
to take care of God's people, to fulfill His responsibility. And today, this is what we need as a church, to fulfill the responsibility, responsibility that we have received from our Lord Jesus Christ, to look after His church. The great commissions we have, it is not of this world, but it is from God who created us and who cared for us and who kept concern for us because he is in control of everything. Therefore, we need to seek God's wisdom as a church to serve each other. Now, before I close, I want to flag up three questions that we need to ask ourselves as a church. We have seen how Solomon felt the necessary of seeking for God's wisdom to take care of God's people. So as a church, what are we supposed to do today? Let's think about this. Solomon said, Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king. But we are not a king. Although we are not a king, but God has made us more precious than a king. Isn't that great? We are called sons of God, God's children, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Therefore, as the children of God, our responsibility is to listen to his teaching, is to listen to his word and walk according to his instruction. Look after his flock, feed them, teach them truth, take care of them, help them to grow in faith in Christ. That is what we as a church tend to do. And why we need to do? Because God loves his people. He cares for them. And as a family of God, now responsibility has been given to us to take care of his people. The great people of God. And whatever we do as a church to promote the gospel, let's not forget that it is all about God and His people. It's not about us, who we are. It, it is about Him, who is in control of everything. The Lord was pleased with Solomon's request because he had big concern for God's people, how to take care of them. God loves His people and He cares for them. And how can we do not with our own understanding or our ability, but by listening to His Word and by walking faithfully according to His instruction and following the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 42, Jesus speaks about Himself, saying this to the people who were seeking to see miraculous sign from Him. He said this, The Queen of the South will rise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For see, came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. And now, something greater than Solomon is here. Jesus speaks about himself, that he is greater than Solomon. Solomon asked God for God's wisdom to lead his people. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24 and 30, that Jesus is the wisdom of God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He bought God's forgiveness for us by his death on the cross. In Christ, there is wisdom and knowledge. 
only by seeking God's wisdom, which is Christ himself, we can carry this mission as a church. We can serve among his people, even though we live in this corrupt world. Therefore, let's not cease to seek godly wisdom in our life as a church, to lead his people, to serve his people, as Paul says in Romans chapter 15, to look after God's people, those who are weak in faith. So let's follow the supreme example of our chief shepherd, Lord Jesus Christ, to serve his church. Solomon was a great king, well known for his wisdom, but he wasn't a perfect king. He wasn't a savior of the world. But Jesus Christ is a perfect king who died on the cross to save his people and to give eternal life because God is very concerned about his people and God wants to protect his people because he is in control of everything. His sacrifice was perfect, acceptable, and powerful to save the world. As a church of Christ, when we think of serving God and His people, let us not forget it is not about who we are, but it is about who He is, the one who, whom we are serving as a church. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for the word that you have given to us, which is a wisdom for our, our spiritual journey. Lord, we pray that as we have read this passage, Lord, we pray that you would help us to walk according to your instruction, to love you and to love your people, because you have a great concern for your people to save them, and to protect them. Lord, we pray that we as a church fill us with your wisdom so that we may take care of your people, to serve them in every ways that we can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.